Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief for recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. My name is Jack McLean. I am the host, and in today's episode, I interview Jordan Love. He is the Prepare Like a Pro strength and conditioning intern for the Corfield Grammarians Women's Football Club. He's also worked at the Carlton VFLW and Geelong Falcons in the NAB League. Highlights from this episode, why growth mindset is so important for working with athletes, practical tips for developing strength and conditioning coaches wanting to work in high-performance sport, the Altus Mentorship Program, and key takeaways. Before we start this episode, if you want to prepare like a pro to manage your football club's high-performance program, which includes my strength and conditioning programming, and an intern like Geordie facilitating the sessions and individualizing the program to suit the players, email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Geordie. Thanks for jumping on, mate. That's a pleasure to be here, Jack. Let's uh, dive in the beginning of your career. What age did you discover you had a passion for strength and conditioning? Um, well, I'd probably say going to the gym was something of a bit of solitude for me when I was pretty young. Around like 15 or 14 or 15, I probably started going to the gym. And then um, as things sort of few turns for the worse in my life, it was somewhere where I sort of just went to escape things. I'd go late at night, um, like after everyone had left because it was 24-7. And um, I actually thought I wanted to be a physio because I've got a lot of um, people in the medical field in my family. And probably first year, end of first year in uni, I was still pretty solid on physio. Um, and then end of second year, it just sort of all transitioned. I was like, I love this stuff. I'm um, friends with elite athletes. Like it just um, was something that, gravitated really naturally i think um so probably actually only about 19 yeah wow yeah young age it's pretty common in our industry for for coaches to start at a young age so uh, which mm-hmm. is interesting you know in itself in terms of like you said going through challenging times and um, using the gym as a place to to cope with challenging times it, it was at that aspect of the of the degree that you thought oh this is something that i can help other people um, you know, get get through life. Was that part of it that you fell in love with? Yeah, I think so. It was sort of not just the physical aspect, but the mental, um, and the sort of benefits that um I could get out of that, and being able to communicate with other people and sort of um hear more about their stories, the things that are going on with them. That's half of the conversations I have with people in the the PT setting. Just any sort of person I'm trying to work with, I go on that deeper level and um, figure out the mind and the the human before the athlete sort of thing, I think. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I think that was one of the biggest drivers in um, why I want to do what I do. I love it. Yeah. And you mentioned it was the sports science degree that you were doing where second year in you Mm. you were thinking about physio or Horace and C. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I had like a a really rough trot end of year 12. Um, and I was battling a fair bit of insomnia and a few other things uh, through exams and things didn't go my way. Um, I went through a diploma of health science, um, got my required WAM there, I think of like 75, 80, whatever. 
Um, went straight into second year Bachelor of Exercise Science and then finished my remaining two years of that degree um, through La Trove, yeah. So um, it was around that second year, that first year of exercise science that sort of really gravitated towards it. Yeah, and who were some mentors and influences at that stage of your, your development? I actually wouldn't say I had many mentors at, at that young age. I was doing my internship with Falcons um, and I was learning a few things. My first one was probably um, Zach Musik. He was the strength coach at Falcons and he sort of just said, like each week we'll go through someone in the industry um, and Falcons was my placement. And he just sort of said, like, let's focus on one person. The first one I went to was, I think, Matt Van Dyke or Cal Dietz. Um, and then it just sort of spiraled from there. Like, um, so I didn't actually really have too much of a mentor, but I did a lot of self-directed learning um, outside of uni and found people that I thought were good in the industry. And there's a lot of noise out there. Um, so I just, yeah, that's probably been the biggest trick for me. Um, early on was just sifting through all the noise where I didn't really have a mentor and later now I've obviously got you I've I've got Luke Boyd at Hawthorne um he's been really really good for me um I've got Dan Faff through the Altus mentorship now um so all of a sudden I've got a really really good sounding board um where early on I probably didn't have that yeah 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 thanks for sharing mate and and it seems to be quite common actually in our industry that uh, can take some time to build that support network and soundboard, like you said. Um, and yeah, that self-directed learning is something that we all discover that we just need to do if we're, if we're hungry and passionate mm. to find our own way. Uh, that, that's an interesting process to go through, for, like, focus on um, one you know, specialist, I guess. And, and what would you do? Would you read a book about them? Was it reading an article? Was it watching YouTube? Like for those listening that are developing S&Cs, how would you go about what was the, what was the system there? Yeah, that's my biggest problem. I haven't had much of a system. I've just, um, with any book I read, I try not to be too biased in my approach towards it and gravitate towards, I try not to be a specialist, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, I see something that I think I'll like and I'll give it a go and I'll read it. And hopefully I can take a few things out that um, I can apply, even if it's not directly related to S&C, um, whether it's the self-help stuff I read, whether it's whatever, um, I just read without sort of thinking too much about it and i just take things as i go yeah and you mentioned geelong falcons take us through how you yep. got a foot in the door there and teed up that uh experience yeah uh so i was looking for i think it was my second year or third year placement for uni um and then yeah I, one of my best mates um played at the falcons so he knew the high performance manager there um, put me onto him, Matt Critchley. Um, he's done some really good things um, at Falcons. They won the flag together in 2017. Um, and I just spoke to Critch and it was really just a, um, a way in, I guess, and um, started there and did the three nights a week at Recovery Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then I'd be at um, games on Saturdays wherever I wasn't playing football in Tasmania at the time. Um, so yeah, I was spending three nights a week there and that was really, really good for me to sort of have the first exposure of youth athletes and, um, figuring out how to communicate to those athletes. And, um, that was my first sort of place where I was like, this team sports stuff is where I want to be. Like, I love this stuff. Um, yeah, so, light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably like my 
tick um, at, around that age. Once I was at Falcons, I loved the environment. And you mentioned when you're, you know, you're at that the crossroads, so to speak, with physio, with your family being medical based, and you being an athlete yourself, and and, and knowing elite athletes, that you were at that S and C or physio, you decided S and C. At that point, when you're at Geelong Falcons, were you thinking, I'm putting my toe in the water here because I want to work in high-performance sport? Is that what you were thinking, or did that come later? Uh, yeah, it was more later. Like I, I knew I loved team sports. I wanted to stay involved with football, um, so I thought that was a really good way to remain doing that. I never um, got the opportunity to play down at the Falcons or even try out, so um, I thought it would be really good to be in that elite environment and stay connected with footy. A lot of my um, local club teammates were there, and it just, yeah, it just snowballed, I guess. And um, when when you speak about the crossroads, I still was trying to learn from the physios. I was asking them questions. I was uh, doing some sports science stuff and trying to learn about catapult and stuff like that. And it was a sort of really integrated internship slash placement, I guess, and sort of got a, a feel for all areas, I guess, and um, just went from there. And I love the S&C side, the sort of performance driving side. So, yeah. Yeah. And for those listening that haven't had experience working in, in team sport, but there's an interest and passion there, how important is it getting experience? Like it sounds like you're, like you said, you're, you're a journalist. You like to top up all your skills and be well-rounded. Uh, a footy club's a perfect person. Well, you're a perfect fit for a footy club because that's what most footy clubs need. Mm. Um, how important is it getting that experience and foot in the door while you're still developing as an S&C? it's invaluable, man. Like, even though I think like I've made really good strides in that area, there's now taking on this role at Caulfield where it's more high performance type stuff and I'm managing the people who are coming in and out of drills. So yeah, there's so much to learn in this industry. And if you want to be a, a HPM down the road, you've sort of got to be across all areas of it and you've got to know how to communicate to numerous people. So um, no matter where you start, it, it might be a bit of an ego check starting at a local football club or wherever, or the local swimming pool. Like, it doesn't matter where it is, but that experience of just working with people and talking and uh, figuring out solutions to things is so invaluable. You can't sort of – we get stuck in this mindset there. <laughs> and I was the same. I thought I'd leave uni by 21, 22, and I'd – walk straight in the door, you see Jack Russell was winning the flag at, at Port Adelaide at 23 and that gets sort of glorified and we're all in a rush to get there. But um, this experience that you get along the way at these local levels, these grassroots, it's, um, if you can sort of talk to these people, you're going to be fine later on down the track. Yeah, 100%, mate. Well, well said and thank, thanks for sharing that insight. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, You've got to do your degree and, and earn your right to be in these um, programs, and part of that is qualifications. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's just the starting block and, and getting experience like you've done. Um, it does take commitment. There's there's low pay, and you mentioned the time frame there of you know three to four days a week of for for potentially someone who's a PT. That's peak hours. But if that's where you want to go, you've got to uh, yeah earn your stripes and and get experience and. Um, like you said, no, not everyone's uh, Andrew Russell. It's going to take everyone's got their own journey. It's going to take exactly. time. Um, yeah. And and you mentioned the uh, sports science side of things. How, how did you go about speaking to physios, sports scientists? Like, is that just a matter of uh, is that something you're comfortable with, just speaking and, and and trying things out, or was that something you're recommended to do and 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 get a lot of different experiences in sport, not just stay in in the gym? 
Yeah, initially with the Falcons, they sort of highlighted that it would be a pretty integrated approach. Um, and, yeah, straight away, I think I've never been one to shy away from asking questions and no matter how silly I might think they seem, I sort of just am really willing to sort of put myself out on a limb to sort of figure out the answers. And um, in this mentorship I'm in at the moment with coaches who have been in 15 years plus sometimes, you get a bit worried about your sort of ego check uh, if you ask a question that you think you should probably know the answer to. But just always ask. Like, I'm curious. Um, I want to know different. Like, obviously, your physio paradigm is a bit different to your S&C, to your, um, to your sports science. Like, we all have different ways of thinking and the more holistic a program you can have and the more insights across different fields, you're going to have a better program and a more well-rounded program. So, it was pretty cool, like learning. I, I've still got massive strides to go in the rehab space, in the sports science space, um, but that's ultimately where I want to go. So um, early on, it was it was really good exposure to sort of learning that stuff. It's all sort of sifting away from me now, but um, with the position I'm in at Caulfield, it's great to start to, as I was talking to you earlier about these hamstring protocols, these atypical AC hours that have just happened, um, all these things in the rehab space would be really, really good for my development. Um, moving into the future. Yeah, and going back to your career progression, so you, you uh, completed the placement at Geelong Falcons, and what did that mean? Did that coincide with finishing the degree, or did you have, still have further time to do with the uh, sports science degree? Yeah, so I finished Falcons, and then I think I had one to two subjects in the new year. Um, so, it was, so it must have been third year that I was with Falcons. I'm still really young, but in the last two and a bit years or since the 2019 so much has happened with, um, with COVID and stuff like that my own development um so yeah it was I think I had a couple of subjects to go um but it was basically rounding out and then that also sort of all, almost coincided with me moving up to Melbourne um with my best mates and um yeah so yeah and then how did you um get your foot in the door at Carlton football club yeah it was sort of so, as I mentioned, I was playing footy in Tassie. Um, one of my friends I knew, um, Dylan Moore, and then he had friends who um, were connected with local clubs up in Melbourne. Um, and when I was moving up, they knew about that and they just said, what do you think about coming down for, for a kick sort of thing? And I was like, if you can get me a, a foot in the industry, if you know anyone, um, that's sort of the only way I'll, I'll come. Um, and luckily enough, um, the people at the football club knew Mitch Greaves at Carlton because Mitch also plays with us. Um, he was their rehab manager and athletic development sort of guy. Um, and he just said, we got something at VFL Women's. It was just an intern sort of thing the first year and it was more about building rapport with athletes and just guiding in the gym and stuff like that. And that was sort of how it was just who I knew. Um, it was really lucky um, and half of it's just luck. So, I was just really grateful that I sort of had somewhere to, to go and it's been that was really, really good for my um, development. Yeah. No, good on you, mate. For I mean, you create that luck by simply asking your mate and, and mm. putting putting time and energy into that um, so that it wouldn't have happened unless you asked those questions. Like you said, you, you're keen to ask and learn and put yeah. yourself out there and, and it, usually that pays dividends. So um, so you, yeah. get the, you get the internship at, at Carlton. Um, mm. At this stage of your career, are you, how are you, I mean, is football a way of getting uh, income in or what were some other ways that you could bring some money into your, 
to help you pay it, mate? Yeah, so football was one of them, but obviously um, I only get paid for the games we play. Um, and then uh, that sort of coincided with the start of 2020 and uh, that's when shit sort of hit the fan with COVID and stuff like that. So I wasn't getting paid for football. It was more just um, some personal training stuff at Good Life. Um, and that was really about it at the time. I was still working in Geelong on weekends, um, doing some mentoring for kids with disabilities. Um, and yeah, that was my sort of way of doing it. And then I was fortunate enough to have JobKeeper through that job in Geelong. I was there for long enough. Um, and all of a sudden the boys went into the hub and, um, it was all, it was all a bit chaotic that year of 2020. Um, but I was really fortunate that I'd been in a job for long enough to have JobKeeper. So that was about it. Yeah. 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 Tough. Absolutely. Like you have to think quick on your feet and and be nimble and adaptable and um yeah yeah, it's good that you had a few different opportunities and options there mate um what with your work with the disability how did that come about and and um yeah how did you gravitate towards that yeah it was once again it was who i knew um someone at my local football club in geelong had just sort of come up to me and he just said i think you'd be great for this i've got two brothers who are both on the autism spectrum um, so it wasn't really something unfamiliar to, to me. And he just said, I think you'd be awesome at this role. Do you want to have an interview sort of thing? And I, I went through that interview process and they were like, sweet. And then it just went from there and I got the opportunity to sort of work with these amazing people who are, um, so bubbly and just have such different personalities. And, um, that was really, really good for my patience, my communication skills. Um, it was awesome for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so inspiring, mate, to, to be able to do that uh, at such a young age. Uh, it goes to show you the type of person you are to be able to you know, have that ability to give, um, you know, and, and that's awesome, mate, to show shows how mature you are to be able to do that. Um, what, what would be a typical day and what would the role sort of involve? Yeah, so it was more about building confidence in them and sort of instilling that belief that they can do sort of hard things, just going out and doing little things and little goals that they wanted to achieve, whether it's just to go sit down and have a coffee and just build the confidence of going out and ordering a coffee um, and building those social skills, whether it was just an activity for the day, just to get them out and to sort of have that relationship with someone else. Um, it was a whole variety of things, but basically it was sort of giving them the confidence to be themselves and to be comfortable in their own skin. And I was essentially just a energy dealer for them, just kept trying to pump them up where I could. And, um, yeah, it was basically that. And I know you didn't do this role to, to better yourself from a strength and conditioning point of view, but do you feel, uh, looking back those, those skills and, and the roles that you did to, to help? Um, these kids, do you think that has had a transference to your coaching ability? Yeah. I, like I said before, I'm, I'm a bit of a generalist and I'm willing to learn about most things. And you'd be surprised about when you think a certain path isn't the traje- trajectory that you want to be on, the, the sort of insights and the learnings that you can take from it and actually just apply it to your everyday life um, and then the pursuit that you're on. Um, so a lot of the skills that I, I had to implement with, those people on the autism spectrum um, to transfer that to coaching, like it's made me such a better coach because um, I, I can just have such a different point of view um, and I can take a step back sometimes and 
um, just look at things a bit differently and it was awesome for me. Mm. Oh, good on you, mate. I think it's an important thing to be able to do and, and, and as a coach, you know, we, we are dealing with, with people. So to be able to have mm. all these different experiences makes you a better coach and, and teaches yep. empathy and, um, yeah, to be able to work with the elite, the world class, but also deal with, with everyone in between at all levels. Uh, like you said, it's important. doesn't matter what athlete you're working with or human you're working with to, to just start coaching and practicing communication. So um, you've lived that, which is awesome, and, and good, good gems for, for S&Cs listening to approach um, with that mindset and, and attitude. And it'll definitely give back. Uh, like you said, you've had a few mates that have hooked you up with some jobs and they've only done that because they obviously trust and respect the way you go about it, mate. So, Hey, guys, CJ here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with Jack for the last two years preparing for last year's NAB AFL Draft Combine and then this year's NAB AFL Draft Combine. Um, he's been absolutely amazing helping me zone in on specific areas of what I wanted to work on, which is my endurance of the 2K time trial and um, the 20 meter sprint. Trying to crack that under three seconds has been a massive goal for me this year. And I feel like that the work that I put in with Jack, he's just helped me skyrocket um, for my personal goals, which has been absolutely amazing for me. But it's not only it's not only what he's done on field for me, it's what he's done off road for me. He's been able to help me be persistent with the lockdowns that we've had stay motivated, prepare for massive events, especially the combine this year, which was done over Strava, unfortunately, that we couldn't get out to the Holden Centre and compete um, against the other the other prospects. But also the massive one is just recovering. He's been able to give me massive, massive influences on how to recover properly. Obviously, fueling for your next sessions massively for me as well. And the advice that he's given me so far has just been second to none. It's been really appreciative what he's done. Um, I've really enjoyed working with Jack. I feel like we've become a bit of a, we've made a bit of a friendship, which is always, it makes it easier when you're training, when you've got basically a mate that's telling you what to do. It makes it a whole lot easier than a, than a random coach that you've never really met before. So I feel like Jack's just helped me, helped me prepare for the combine as, as, as best as I could. And yeah, I can't appreciate the stuff that he's done for me. And yeah, he's made me really tick some boxes in, in my own my own goods and hopefully recruiters and are happy with my improvement. And yeah, it's a massive shout out and thanks to Jack. On that topic, so Dylan Moore, so you live with uh, James Warpole, Will Day, Harrison Pepper. How, how has that come about? Uh, talk about your connection with, with these guys. Uh, yeah. What have you learned from living with, with elite professional athletes? Yeah, so Warps and I went to school together. Um, so I moved to Western Heights in year nine um, and I just sort of clicked in with James's group and um, we pretty quickly became best mates and it was just us at every day, every day at school together after our other mates had left and become tradies. And um, it sort of, yeah, 2017, he got drafted, moved up to Melbourne. We sort of drifted apart a bit. Um, I'd still spend like Christmas Day, Father's Day and stuff like that with his family. I was really integrated with his family. And then end of 2019, I sort of, I was already coming up to Melbourne a lot to spend time with um, him and the other boys. And then I just sort of pulled the trigger to move up and finish the rest of my uni whilst living up here rather than commuting from Geelong. Um, and then, yeah, it just sort of flowed like that. A few few boys have come and gone. We were living with CJ and Harry Jones, and then that's changed. Warps has just bought a house, and um, we've got Daisy in and Pep, and um, the scenery looks a little bit different um, some of the time. But Warps and I, the sort of the two rocks that are always side by side type of thing. 
Um, so that's been good. And then in terms of what you, you learn from them, um, I think the best time for, for me to learn from them is the off season period where I get to spend a bit more time with them and they're home during the day and I get to be home during the day sometimes. And we, we get to train something with each other and we do running some of the time or we do weights and that's when you sort of get an insight into what it actually means to be an elite athlete. Um, the sort of the schedules that they put themselves under the extra swimming sessions, um, things they eat, uh, the way they prioritize their sleep, um, how, just how their, their whole sort of, um, behaviors is like, that's when you get to see it in full flight. And after like a pretty grim running session in the preseason or a massive weight session, if they're in a, in a main, main uh, in a gainers group like Daisy, that's when <laughs> you realize why they sleep when they get home and the sort of effects of, um, that mental fatigue that it has on them. And that's why they're elite, like their ability to sustain that intensity of training for such long periods is, is crazy. And, um, people sort of are quick to push on them to say they kick a footy around and whatever they get two months off at the end of the year. But the mental sort of strain that it has on these people, like they're always in the spotlight and it's, um, yeah, it's crazy. And just learning how to operate in that fashion, um, and the attitude you've got to have to setbacks to whatever it is. Like Daisy's obviously been in rehab a bit. Um, all really good insights for me into how I can take those sort of um, elite operations and implement it into my own lifestyle. And I try to adopt a, um, a, a sort of high-performance um, sort of lifestyle, I guess, and attitudes. And um, they, I sort of take a lot out of their book and go about that the same sort of way, I think. Yeah, it's invaluable, mate. In- environment's so important and to be able to see mm. these things. Like you said, the, the grind of the daily basis, and even if it is off-season, there's still work to be done and they're constantly pushing themselves. So to be able to yeah. see that and live that then be huge as a, as a developing coach um, and, and uh, a real, I guess, uh, unfair advantage, you could call it, because not many guys uh, would mm. be in that position. So it's definitely yeah. putting a good bed. Um, what, what about the – is that the biggest surprise, like how hard they, they work uh, that, now that you're living with them that you've noticed? Yeah, I'd say so. It's just like it's a whole other level to what you think it is. <laughs> and it sounds pretty glamorous getting paid to um, to kick a football, but just the the people when you're out and the way they come up to you, just uh, always having eyes on you, sort of thing. And um, it's not always as glamorous as what it seems, but at the same time, I think they have a large amount of influence and can do a whole lot of good. Um, but yeah, the surprises just the constant intensity in which they operate and the, the focus to be better. Um, and I'm really fortunate that, that Daisy and Warps are just, um, they have some of the best attitudes in the industry for that growth. Um, but, yeah, that's been crazy to just see every day just how they operate. Yeah, yeah. and going back to your, your career, you mentioned early days you didn't have a mentor, but now you've got uh oh, i'm lucky enough you call me a mentor i don't know if i am but uh you've got a couple other big names luke boyd and, and dan faff um yeah ha- how did you come about uh building those uh relationships and, and talk us through the, what you've got out of i guess start with with boydy how is the connection mm. there and how does that look yeah, yeah so boydy obviously is high performance manager at hawks and then I just sort of was talking to Warmps one day. I was like, I want to sort of talk to Boydie um, about maybe doing placement at the club. And then 
he sort of asked Boydie. Boydie said, yeah, you can give me his number sort of thing. And then um, I've put it in a way to sort of get this internship at the club to do my placement hours and stuff. And then he was like, are you asking for a job sort of thing? And then I was like, oh, I'd love to just buy you lunch and a coffee or whatever, like, and just pick your brains type thing. Um, and I think the way I approached that conversation, it wasn't like, can you give me something for nothing type thing? I was like, mate, I just want to have a conversation, just have a yak and learn a bit and um, see like what you're sort of thinking and stuff like that. I'll buy you lunch. Um, we just had a coffee once and then it just led to every few months. I didn't see him for a while because he was in the hub and stuff like that. But um, I'm, he always lets me know that I'm free to shoot him a text to just ask any questions about, his philosophies and the sort of methods that he would use and any questions like that. So, like, while it's not a direct mentor, he's been my first sort of proper mentor of someone who I can really go to and um, ask those questions. And, yeah, he's awesome with his time for me, um, considering I don't, I don't think he would really learn much off me. It's more just we catch up for an hour, talk about stuff, and, um, yeah, see, that's been really good for me. Awesome. And, yeah, talk us through the Altus program because it's quite famous mm. in the industry. Yeah. How long does it go for and, and what are some mm. key takeaways that you've got from that? Yeah, so I, I'm a bit of an impulse buyer um, and I've, I've done a, a few of Altus's courses, um, the short sprints one, um, which is heavy on Stu McMillan. And then I got an email one day, I followed a subscription and um, they said there's a couple of uh, spots in this October intake for a third phase mentorship. Um, so I've got on the Zoom to Nick Ward. He's he's running it sort of thing. And I've just talked to him about where I'm at, uh, what the mentorship looks like, because obviously it's run by Dan Faf. And then he's like, well, whiskey in. I've um, paid a pretty hefty amount for it. Um, and then, yeah, it's just started underway. It's all like 4 a.m. over here because it's in America. And uh, the, yeah, <laughs> the takeaways so far have been um, the first one was sort of around measuring what matters um, with Matt Jordan and um, some of the things around kinematics and um, now we're transitioning into our coach's eye and how to build kinograms and what to look for. And um, whilst I've been doing my further studies in psychology and all this other stuff, it's been hard. Um, just one-on-one chats with Dan um has been really good for me he put me on to um, a couple of other people in the industry who have sort of helped guide my um, system-based thinking I guess and just helped me think about things a little bit differently and um yeah it's more just the insights of what I can get about what these coaches who have been in the industry for 15 plus years are, are sort of thinking and the way they're operating and one of them's at the San Francisco 49ers, so I'm feeling really sort of nervous in this mentorship. But um, all these guys are so smart and um, building these networks with them. It's sort of really good for me to pick their brains. Um, and, yeah, it's been awesome, the key takeaways around what to look for and what matters and all that sort of stuff has been really good so far. Yeah, And it goes for nine months, yeah. Nine months, yeah. And so every time when you catch up for these groups, coaching mentoring sessions it's 4 a.m is it for you yeah 4 or 5 a.m i think depending on yeah. when the, the savings <laughs> i was up for 4 30 this morning yeah it's um my prime time so i usually switch the camera off get a coffee have my brekkie and then i switch it on once i've done a primer session and 
um, just built into it a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. That's, uh, that's good. Love that. Yeah. Committed. Um, all right. Well, so what about with, um, with your career? What has been some of your biggest challenges so far and what have you, what have you learned from it? Yeah, the challenges are probably the um, one, it's like a whole lot of it is luck um, and that although like, we live in a culture of um, scarcity and just rushing to things and needing um, to be in a certain position, um, it's been sort of really humbling and good for my ego to sort of just say, like, I'm, I'm not actually there yet. Um, and when I talk to people like you who've been in the industry, people like Boydie who are up the top and, and stuff like that, when you, you think you're a little bit closer to them, all of a sudden like something comes along and you're like, I actually need to develop a lot more. So the challenges are the constant sort of pursuit of growth and realizing how much there is to know um, before you, you get to where you want to be. Um, and that's always really, really humbling um, considering I want to be a HPM one day. Um, just having knowledge about the sort of sports science, the S&C, the rehab, um, and then how to build um, a team and manage a team, um, how to own a floor. Um, there, there is just so much more that you sort of need to know that you don't actually realise until you sort of stumble upon it. Um, and then you sort of got to take it in your stride um, and sort of go with it. And that's probably the, the biggest thing that I've always just tried to do, just the, the pursuit of growth. and. Um, always trying to learn something and um, to push forward and always trying to challenge myself. I don't think I'm ever going to be complacent. I think you would probably see that I'm really driven to get better. Um, and that's one thing I can sort of always guarantee anyone that like, I might not always have the answers and might not have the best theory- theoretical framework. I might not be, be the biggest dude, but I'll always sort of be trying to get better um, and I'll probably never be happy with where I'm at. Um, so, yeah. That's probably one bit of advice that I'll give to give someone. Just keep pushing for growth and realizing that there is more out there that you need to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. That's a, that's a nice outlook of put, be hungry, be driven, you know, wake up early, pay, pay, you're paying good money for this mentorship. You're doing work with the Grammarians yeah. Girls, running a program there. Um, you're working with us at Edge, coaching classes for, for Gen Pop. So you're just constantly putting yourself in new environments and yeah, I've definitely seen that from you. You really, you, you know, from the day that I met you, how keen you were and hungry you were to learn and get better. Um, and I think it's definitely something I've learned from this podcast for those that have made it the top like body. They all do, they're all hard workers, but they are, are very passionate about uh, strength and conditioning. So um, yeah, you got to work hard. You got to be passionate, but also like you said, it, it is a journey. Uh, and you mm. probably don't realise how much until you start getting experience how the best of the best make it look easy uh, like anything, but there's a fair bit that's gone on yeah. to that point. <laughs> yeah, um, and a lot of mistakes, yeah. no doubt, along the way too. But, um, no, that's, man, that's awesome and, and so invaluable for, for those to listen in terms of mindset. What about things you look back fondly um, during your career? What are some highlights? I'd say just the, the relationships that I build and the small moments the people that I work with. Um, I spend a lot of time with some of the girls who are still at Carlton. Um, just the laughs, the moments where I can take them off the track and just have a chat about what's going on. Um, all those little moments where I get to build really strong relationships with people and then um, see them build buy-in off as a result of that sort of 
um, those communications and those relationships and then seeing their sort of um, athletic development flourish as a result of that because they buy into the program and just seeing um, that journey from building relationships initially, which is the most important thing, and then um, seeing them flourish in their results and how excited that makes them and um, all those small little wins along the way is unreal, I reckon, just the laughs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, we can have a lot of fun in our, in our job, that's for sure. Um, yeah. All right, we'll, we'll get into the lighter side of the podcast, mate. It's a bit of fun, these questions. It's more of the get-to-know Geordie section. <laughs> so uh, we'll kick it off with which movie or TV series has impacted you the most and why? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I always like the tearjerker movies about someone coming overcoming adversity, um, whether it's the boy who harnessed the wind and about a kid who sort of his family can't really put him through school and stuff like that and then becomes a genius and stuff like that, whatever it is, I think all those sorts of movies are really inspirational for me because I'm like, I get to look at them and say, like, no matter where you see yourself in this point of time, like, if you just stick with it long-term, it'll pay off and you sort of got to put in the hard yucca early and um, you'll get there. Um, yep. Yeah, well, I want to say that. Uh, Favourite inspirational quote or life motto? Uh, a man with a why can bear almost any how, um, which is in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and it wasn't his quote. Um, I think it was Nietzsche's quote or something like that. Um, but, yeah, probably that one. It's understanding um, why you do what you do and, That'll hold you in good stead. Mm. And then in your work life, what makes you angry? What do you need? Um, people who are uh, stubbornly late all the time. Um, probably that's the biggest one. Um, I'm a big advocate of if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you probably may as well not be there. Um, so <laughs> oh, I hate when people are always late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. There'll be, yeah. Uh, there'll be always a few athletes to rock up a bit late to the warm up. So yeah, yeah. They'll get that the greasy off you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a punishment for them? Do you do burpees, push? No, 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 no punishments. I'll just try to have a, yeah. I'll just try to have a chat with them about why they're late and um, the importance of being there and um, setting good examples and habits and stuff like that. Probably, I'd probably just try to talk depending on the athlete, really. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, no punishments. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> yeah, maybe later after under your tutelage. <laughs> um, what's your favourite way to spend your day off? Reading, walking my dog, and spending time with my partner. Yep. Yeah, and the boys. Favorite. And the boys. Uh, favourite holiday destination, and mm-hmm. why? This is a COVID-free world, of course. Yes, uh, I love going to Tasmania. Uh, I've got some family over there. We have a brewery. I'm just about to open the distillery. Um, and just to see my family over there who I have really good relationships with um, is awesome. Have a holiday house where we can just hang out by the beach sort of thing, take a book and um, just really cruise. And whenever I want to work through the brewery, I can do that. And um, it's really nice and quiet lifestyle over there. Um, so I appreciate in a chaotic sort of environment that we work in, it's nice to just slow down a bit. 
Yeah, we'll have to give the brewery a plug. What's the what's the thing? Uh, Little Rivers Brewing. Uh, I'll Rivers. just say I, I don't drink too much of it. <laughs> Little Rivers Brewery, did you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, can you get that uh, on the mainland, as as Tasmanians would say? Yeah, you can get it. Yes, in the mainland. Um, yeah, you can get it um, freighted over. They don't do it too often, but if you send me a, a DM, we can. Um, Maybe yeah. get yeah, we can maybe hook you up. But um, there's a few places that stock it, um, but not too many because it costs a fair amount to get it over. Sure. Yeah. Oh, trip to Tassie. I'll have to join you on the next one. And then we'll get the boat over, mate. Get the boat over. <laughs> the spirit. That's the, the Tassie spirit. There's no better. As long as you a, a good uh, had a rock night on there once. Uh, <laughs> I bet. They fell off the, the bloody bed. I've never been on it. Don't know if I will. Yeah, oh, yeah. you've got to time it right, which is yeah. pure luck. It's on par with this podcast. Power of luck. Hopefully, yeah. you do go on Tassie Spirit and you, your luck falls your way, mate. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for jumping on the podcast, mate. It's it's uh, it's great to have you as part of our team at Prepare Like a Pro. I'm really excited to see as, as your career grows and any way that I can help you out, mate. Um, so it's awesome to... Yeah, start to get to work with with you. And um, what are you excited? Last question. What are you excited for for the rest of 2021? We're coming to the end now. Uh, um, horizon for you for 22. Yeah, I'd probably say I'm looking forward to going over to Tassie. I'm not over for 10 days. Um, other than that, I'm really looking forward to just keep growing within Edge. And um, there's some really big things happening at Edge. So uh, to be a part of that team and um, strong networks through there is something that I'm really excited about and willing to put the time into to sort of grow that. And then 2022, it's sort of hopefully about getting a bit of stability um, through Edge, through various places of work. And obviously, we've all been a little bit unstable the last couple of years. So hopefully, a year of stability and growth, just really focusing on my development and sort of taking what comes my way in my stride. Awesome, mate. No, we're lucky to have you. Um, and for those that are listening, Edge trainings are, a elite facility for everyone, uh, very inclusive. Anyone can train there and train with Geordie and myself, uh, and it's located in Paran, Melbourne. So if you're listening, we do have a free trial. You can jump into a session, give us a go, and uh, yeah, from there you can play a weekly feed at go to unlimited classes. So check us out. But, yeah, thanks, mate, for jumping on. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and looking forward to sharing your story to the podcast world. Um, and we'll we'll make sure to uh, continue working with you, mate, throughout the your, your growth. But you're pretty much on the on the right path, and looking forward to seeing what you can do in this industry. Awesome, mate. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome, and thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you have any questions or queries, make sure to hit us up on Instagram. Our next live chat is with Tom Cleary, who's looking after our Glenorchy program in Tasmania, which has made a couple of mentions. Uh, it's a great state, Tas. So. Uh, If you want to tune in for that one, it's at 8.30pm, Tuesday, the 14th of December. I'll see you guys on that episode. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, 
it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just to be to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things and um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to yeah like reset and and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about you know that there is more to life than football or you know might be whatever as an SNC coach you know if something's you're having a hard time um, it can be massive with just yeah opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble um, yeah. so that's that's been huge um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm -hmm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and, um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of, you know, asking a silly question or fear of judgment, it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker. Um, and yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. 
The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.